0: You're now listening to the God's Ordained Podcast. If you're a new believer or you're just a Christian looking to listen to interactive conversations about biblical principles and how they can be applied to your day-to-day living, you're in the right place. Please stay tuned and be blessed. Hello, hello, hello. Gonna start a new series, um, which is basically Bible study on amazing characters or stories in the Old Testament. Um, this is my morning voice. So if you're listening to this in the morning, good morning. (laughs) But uh, the idea is that this podcast was supposed to be a Bible study podcast, so I'm gonna revert to doing that from now on and going onwards so we're going to be having a five-part episode series and it's going to be released every day, whoop whoop, by God's grace, and we're going to be looking at very interesting stories and characters in the Old Testament. So for today, we're going to be, I'm going to call this episode, Sennacherib, Hezekiah, Isaiah, one angel, and thousands of men and we're going to be reading from 2nd chronicles chapter 32 and yes we're going to read the whole thing so please listen to me while i go through this um there may be some background noise but by the of god it may not be so bad okay so i'll start sennacherib threatens jerusalem this is 2nd chronicles chapter 32 after all that Hezekiah had so faithfully done, Sennacherib king of Assyria came and invaded Judah. He laid siege to the fortified cities, thinking to conquer them for himself. When Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and that he intended to make war one Jerusalem, he consulted with his officials and military staff about blocking off the water from the springs outside the city that, and they helped him. A large force of men assembled and they blocked all the springs and the stream that flowed through the land why should the kings of assyria come and have plenty of water they said then he worked hard repairing all the broken sections of the wall and building towers on it he built another wall outside that one and reinforced the supporting terraces of the city of david he also made large numbers of weapons and shields he appointed military officers over the people and assembled them before him in the square at the city gate and encouraged them with these words be enc- strong and courageous do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of assyria and the vast army with him for there is a greater power with us than with him with him is only the army of flesh but with us is the lord our god to help us and to fight our battles And the people gained confidence from what hezekiah the king of judah said later when sennacherib king of assyria and all his forces were laying siege to lachish he sent his officers to jerusalem with this message for hezekiah king of judah and for all the people of judah who were there this is what sennacherib king of assyria says on what are you basing your confidence that you remain in jerusalem under siege When Hezekiah says, The Lord our God will save us from the hand of the king of Assyria. He is misleading you to let you die of hunger and thirst. Did not Hezekiah himself remove this God's high places and altars, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, You must worship before one altar and burn sacrifice on it? Do you not know what I and my fathers have done to all the people of the other lands? Were the gods of those nations ever able to deliver their land from my hand? who of all these gods of these nations that my fathers destroyed has been able to save his people from me how then can your god deliver you from my hand now do not let hezekiah deceive you and mislead you like this do not believe him for no god of any nation or kingdom has been able to deliver his people from my hand or from the hand of my fathers how much less will your god deliver you from my hand Sennacherib's officers spoke further against the Lord God and against his servant, Hezekiah. The king also wrote letters insulting the Lord, the God of Israel, saying against him, Just as the gods of the people of the other lands did not rescue their people from my hand, so the God of Hezekiah will not rescue his people from my hand. Then they called out in Hebrew to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall, to terrify them and make them afraid in order to capture the city they spoke about the God of Jerusalem as they did about the gods of the other peoples of the world the work of men's hands King Hezekiah and prophet Isaiah son of Amos cried out in prayer to heaven about this and the Lord sent an angel who annihilated all the fighting men and the leaders and the officers in the camp of the Assyrian king so he withdrew to his own land in disgrace and when he went into the temple of his god some of his sons cut him down with the sword so the lord saved hezekiah and the people of jerusalem from the hand of sennacherib king of assyria and from the hand of all others he took care of them on every side many brought burnt offerings to jerusalem for the lord and valuable gifts for hezekiah king of judah from then on, he was highly regarded by all the nations. Hallelujah. So I'm ending at verse 23. So this story, this story has always fascinated me as a child, <laughs> as a young adult, and even up till now. Like reading it this morning gave me a lot of excitement and chills and vibes. And it's like, wow, 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 wow. But there's a lot to unpack in this in this story that we just read i'll start with verse 7 um in verse 7 no i'll start from verse 5 to verse 7 verse 5 to this verse 7 we see hezekiah's first step of action when he knew that a king another king was coming to attack his people his first set of actions was one to cut every supply of anything that will help the enemy to thrive by cutting off their water supply first. Then he repaired the walls, built more walls, and built weapons so that their defenses were up. So, what does it tell us? So, I'm gonna be laying out life lessons that I gained from this story. One, it tells us that there is, like, in this situation, Hezekiah's enemy was the king of Assyria, Sennacherib. But in our lives as Christians, our enemy is only the one person, which is Satan, and all his agents right and we all know that spiritual warfare is when we're attacked by the enemy to try and still kill and destroy anything that god wants us to breath forth and it always takes place in our mind most of the time and sometimes it, the, the enemy can you know be very stupid <laughs> now he's that word stupid to try and attack things around us and our lives just like in job's story but the first thing that i learned is this Whenever you're under spiritual attack or warfare, the first thing you should do is cut off everything that would enable the enemy to thrive around you. In this case, it was water supply. But what is it that's in your life that opens the door to the enemy? Is it unforgiveness? Is it pride? Is it... um? movies is it food (laughs) you know just cut it off once you notice that you're under spiritual attack and then i think hezekiah Well, this was like a physical war then you know those days but as a Christian, you also need to continuously be on guard to so even know when you're being attacked, you know. You need to know how Hezekiah knew was that the, the surrounding um, cities around him were being attacked. That's how he knew it was coming his way. In our lives, how do we know that, you know, the enemy is trying us right now? We need to be sensitive in our spirits and open our minds to always know when we're being attacked. That's the first one. Then then we must cut off every access point that will enable the enemy to thrive you know every evil thought every thought that doesn't exalt the lord we need to cut it off the second thing that i learned there is that you put up your defenses this this alludes to ephesians chapter 6 where we're told to put on the full armor of god so that we may stand against the devil's tactics let me try and find that passage and quickly read it out for us um ephesians This is hard to do with one hand. (laughs) Give me two seconds there. Almost there. Okay. Found it, found it, found it. Ephesians chapter six from verse 11 it says put on the full armor of god so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against rulers and authorities powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms therefore put on the full armor of god so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your faith fitted with the readiness that comes And always keep on praying for all the saints. And then at verse eighteen, that is so powerful, and that is another thing we can dig, dig deeper into. Because when I was when I was much younger in the faith, I used to read this as physical things to put on, but they're all really spiritual defenses that we need to put on in our minds, in our hearts, at all times. So it um, Hezekiah alluded to that in the things that he did. He he built weapons and shields so that they could stand and they they could take defenses against this enemy that was coming their way and then in verse 7 he did something really good he told them be strong and courageous do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him for there is a greater power with us than with them with him is only the arm of flesh but with us, it's the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. Like, wow. That's the second thing that I could learn from this story. Like, in whatever you're going through, you need to stay grounded in your faith that, see, I am with God, and greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. If there's any memory verse that I could never forget all of my life, that is it. 1 John 4 4. And also, Elisha said that in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16. We need to come to the place where we understand the magnitude of God's power. We need to understand that God is for us more than we are for ourselves. We need to understand that when we trust in God, He is able to save us. Like Hezekiah did not look at the destruction all around him or the destruction that may come he did not stay focused on that instead he stayed focused on the power of god that he knows how much of the power of god you know is how much you will stand against the enemy like i'll give you one truth about us believers do we know that we've been placed in heavenly places far above all powers and principalities and rulers of darkness and spiritual places in heaven we are seated right beside jesus christ in heavenly places do we know do we know the amount the authority and the power that we truly have in jesus christ if you don't know today go and start finding out and start working in that authority that is my challenge to you but basically that is what Hezekiah did. He stood on the authority and the power that he knew that he had in the Lord Almighty. And he was not discouraged. And he ensured that his men were not discouraged by speaking these words that gratified them, that encouraged them in their spirits. Like, wow these are lessons we can learn in our day to day whatever it is that you're going through in your mind you feel that oh i have not achieved these things in my life or you hear voices telling you lies about yourself telling you you'll never achieve you know you never achieve much you never amount to much or telling you that look at your life this is where you are look at where your mates are you know there are different voices that just come up in your head and sometimes you'll be like where is this from it's the enemy you need to stay on your guard and refute those words i know one thing with me is that I tend to get really down in my spirit sometimes especially when I'm a high energy person sometimes and I grew up in Lagos so I like the fast side, but I live in St. John's and it's pretty soapy and sometimes I just get down and that kind of opens the door for the enemy but now i have had to keep my defenses up and to cut off every access point that will allow the enemy to come in even days i don't feel like it i make sure that i do things that will prevent him from coming in i fill my mind with the word of god i stay in the place of worship i praise i read my bible things like that keep the, the, the enemy out so these are lessons we can take in our day-to-day lives to wage war against the enemy and we need to understand the power of god and walk in that understanding and just have faith in him another thing that hezekiah so after all this you know something fascinating happened the messenger from the, the king of assyria came and was taunting hezekiah and his men telling them that who do they think their god is god cannot do this for you He a lie that god cannot save you from our hands and that is one thing that the enemy does he tries to belittle god he tries to make god and his power seem little which is a big big fat lie he tries to bring down god and that's another thing i'm going to show you four lessons also about who god is from this story up to the point that in verse 11 the guy says when Hezekiah says, the Lord our God will save us from the hand of the king of Assyria, he's misleading you. My question is, how did this fella know? How did he know the things that Hezekiah has said unto his people? How did he know? Now, I'll give you a deep but insightful um, answer to this. In the spirit realm we are all spirit we all all know that all believers are spirit beings and there's only one spirit realm where the lord god is and where also uh, satan and his agents are so they are aware of the things that happen so when hezekiah's spirit is communicating faith and strength to his people obviously the spirit backing up this guy also is aware of this and that is how he knows that hezekiah is encouraging the people that god almighty will save them so don't be surprised that satan knows things about you don't be surprised he has no power of his own he's just um a gossip (laughs) that's how i like to think about it he doesn't have a job so he comes around to try and see what's happening in this person's life and he tries to turn around that thing that god has given to you against you so for example maybe god has given you a word and god has given you an inspiration to do something and he comes and he tells you who told you god will even back you up who told you people will even support you who told you that you know you will excel in this thing that is what he does he just comes to sow the seed of doubt and fear and when he does that we are to resist him and the way to resist him is to humble ourselves before god and that is exactly what hezekiah did now in verse 20 we see that hezekiah and isaiah cried out in prayer to heaven like they cried like this statement alone makes me feel the intensity of how they cried because what then happened was so powerful god answered he heard them and he answered by sending one angel one angel to defeat the thousands of men in the king of assyria's army so That's another thing that's very comforting that God hears and answers us, especially when we're in times of spiritual warfare, he will send an angel to minister to you. He will send an angel to help you. He himself, if he has to come down of which he has done before, he will come down and he will save you from that thing. But the prerequisite is faith. The Bible says that um, no man can please God without faith because you must believe that God is, and is a rewarder of those who believe in him you must believe that god is able to save me from this thing you must believe that god is god has the power to save me from this thing and you must stand in the power and authority that god has already given you to take your stand against the enemy so i'm gonna do a quick recap of all that we learned in this story i hope you're as excited as i am (laughs) in speaking about this but i'll first start from the things we have to take for ourselves in times of spiritual warfare my question is what is your strategy i'll tell you my strategy the word of god is my strategy holding on to the word of god is my strategy having faith in what god said is my strategy because nothing that god has ever said has ever failed every word of god always comes to pass so if god has said in one of the promises god gave me is isaiah 43 that even though i go through the fires i will not be burnt even though i go through the waters i will not drown because he loves me so whenever i'm going through anything i know god loves me and i know this thing will not kill me it will not destroy me it will not be the end of me but god is there to help me and bring me out of it victoriously. two watch the words that you speak about a matter before you pray and after you pray we see that before Hezekiah even went to pray he was already speaking words that one encouraged faith two that was in line with who god is understand like he didn't speak like oh my god we're dead we're so doomed we're finished no he said the one who is, is with us is greater than the one who is with them he stood on the faith that he had and he spoke the words accordingly this is so so important and even after that he didn't when he finished praying and god did all that he didn't go out and say any other thing you know again like it's so important for christians because there's a there's a there's a lie there's i don't know if it's a lie on unconscious practice that we come for example there are a lot of people praying for my home country nigeria that god should intervene and put in the right ruler that would help the people but then the next minute everyone goes ah nigeria is a finished country there's nothing good that can come from nigeria again nigeria is over no <laughs> you are cancelling the words you spoke in prayer right there and right there you can't do that or or, or you pray for be, that people should be saved and then the next thing is that oh god can you just destroy these people or this especially you know the the alphabet community can can you just you know what that these people are just <laughs> that you know you just say things that <laughs> that that are not in alignment with the words you said in prayer Watch your words you can't come to god and ask for something and the next minute you're cursing the same thing that you're asking god to bless there's power in your words. We all know that in the book of Proverbs, it says life and death are in the power of the tongue and those who love it shall eat of its fruits. You can't say something in the place of prayer. And then when you're out of there, you go and say something else. No, watch your words. Three, trust and faith in God's exceeding power pleases God. So In whatever situation you are don't care about what is happening around you don't even look at it like just focus on the lord and his power to save you from that that situation because there's nothing god cannot do honestly and then i'll round up with four things that i learned about god from this story one god hears and answers prayers he hears and answers every prayer two god is more powerful than we imagine or even understand for it to take one angel to destroy thousands of men imagine how much more god can destroy people if he decides to stand up on his throne and get involved in the affairs of men understand the exceeding power of god god is powerful three God hates insults (laughs) and he hates that the people he loves and the people that love him are insulted he hates it and God will bring disgrace to everyone who tries to insult God and put him down that was the end of King Sennacherib God brought him disgrace when he fled to his own land he was he went in disgrace to the point that his sons killed him right God does not like insults so be respectful about god in all that you do and then four, god honors and appreciates faithfulness if you hold on to god he will hold on to you there's no two ways about it god is a faithful father and is a faithful god i hope you were blessed with this bible study (laughs) episode um expect more i think the next um the next character from the old testament we will be looking at is esther so come prepared let your hearts be open and i want to use this opportunity to minister to someone maybe this is your first time ever hearing about god and i just want to let you know that god loves you you may not know who he is yet to you but i hope that from all that you've heard in this episode that You feel comforted that there is a supreme being. There's a God out there who is for you more than you are for yourself. He loves you and he is waiting for you to open your heart unto him. If you believe that, just say, God, I invite you into my life. Come and be the powerful God in my life. In Jesus' name. I hope this episode blessed you. Please like the episode. Share to everyone um, that you know needs to hear this. And God bless you.